Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 63 with my friend Lauren. Lauren is a star of stage and screen. Uh, she was on Broadway in the Hair Revival, and she has been in a number of different TV shows and movies over the years. Uh, and I, I met Lauren a long time ago in a different life. Uh, so, You'll hear a little about that in the beginning, and I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I enjoyed talking to Lauren, just a pleasant person to speak with and, and hear from, and I think you guys are going to get that same vibe. So without further ado, here is my friend, Lauren. Hi! Hi there! Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I gotta say... I'm so excited to be talking to you. I know. I, uh, oh my God. Like, when I, was the last time uh, I saw you? 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, probably like almost exactly 15 years ago. Uh, and that was something I was going to bring up, and, and I still will. But uh, the last Easter I was in California, even though I wasn't with Jen anymore, I spent it with the elder ladies. With you and Chelsea, well, I don't know if Chelsea was there, but it was over, it was at your mom's place in Santa Monica. Chelsea was probably there. I would, I would assume think. she was, but um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I thank you for doing this. I I wasn't sure what the uh, I don't know what what our dynamic is as friends outside of like social media, and we'll jump into that. But um, I did want I want to thank you for doing this. I'm so excited, and I've like. I'm privileged to have like watched you from a distance via social media, do like the stuff with music and stuff that you had in theater and things that you've done. And um, which no surprise to me from, from knowing you back in the day. And I, I normally start out with how I know somebody. <laughs> obviously this is a unique case. Uh, I dated your cousin and moved out to California with her. Um, we lived together for a year out there and that's where I met you. And I'm sure there's a longer story we could accompany with that, but for now, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But it is funny because you introduced me to a couple things. There's a few, so I think about you, uh, and, and when a couple things happen. Um, one, you introduced me to Rilo Kylie, uh, oh, and I, all right. I can't hear a teenage love song without remembering you like singing that. Um, sure. And then. So you liked Rufus Wainwright. So I was like, oh, you're the cooler sister. Don't worry. I'll cut that out. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, when I moved back. Did, to were Michigan, you not a Rufus fan? No, I was. That's why I was like, oh, cool. She oh, likes okay. Rufus oh, Wainwright. You were no, oh, okay, awesome. Okay, okay. I was excited that you were, uh, just making that you were a Rufus fan. Um, you were just like totally in tune with music. And that was like when I was the most into music, I think in my life. So that just, uh, I felt a connection there with you. And at, that Easter that I just talked about, I think it was that Easter. It might have been the year before because I spent both Easters. I lived there with you guys. Um, what else? Of course. Are you doing? Why yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> it's a secret holiday. Um, <laughs> but we, I got the cords. Like I printed out the cords for um, April Fools. And even though I could only play chords on piano, which is pretty much still the, the truth, um, I played it, and then you sang. And I still have that because when I moved back here, I had a, I made a songbook and did a cover sets at bars for like 10 years. And that was always in my set list. And so it was always, I still had that same printout of the chords. And so I was like, oh, this was from I Lauren. I love that. 
it. So it's just funny, like uh, these little things that remind us of people that we we hold on throughout the years. Um, just strange, but that's where I met you. And I, I don't, I don't, I would say I was thinking about this earlier today, and I don't think I know in the grand scheme of things very much about you. Um, like I obviously I know your mom and your sister, but I don't know like. Uh, when your parents divorced or like what happened with <laughs> or um, obviously what you've been doing the last like 15 years, um, what your childhood was like, all that stuff. So I'm excited to find out more about you. And again, thank you so much for doing this. I'm very excited. Me too. It's so <laughs> nice to see you and hear your voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> it's, it's you. It's Justin. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> But I, I'd like to start kind of at the beginning, if I can. You're the older sister, right, of you and Chelsea. I am. And uh, how far apart are you guys? Four years. Chelsea's four years okay. younger than I am. Do you remember her being born? Uh, the, Like bits and pieces. I can't say that I remember her being born because I wasn't in the room for that. <laughs> the but general time I do, period. <laughs> I remember my dad had to stay home with me because my mom had to stay in the hospital for a while. Uh, it was a C-section, but then I think there was something else that they were, like, monitoring. Nothing was wrong, but I think they had to, like, monitor. And so she wasn't home, and my dad had to get me ready for school, and he had to do my hair. And I do remember that. I remember it not – like, it was it was a little tricky. He had – you know, there was a learning curve. <laughs> he, he didn't know how to fix long curly hair yeah on a so, four-year-old <laughs> yeah i do remember that that's funny yeah um but yeah and then you know i wanted her to be a boy so i was upset <laughs> about that i didn't want a sibling at all anyway yeah. so honestly you know i've always reminded her that my life was really really great for the first four <laughs> years that's and funny. now it's still great. Yeah. See? <laughs> my sister is one of my best friends. I don't know what my life would be like without her. I cannot imagine. I don't want to imagine my life without Chelsea. She's she's a phenomenal person. Yeah, I don't know. And I always say that she's like my little big sister <laughs> because in the scheme of things, Chelsea is older than me. She's spiritually older than me. She's very, very wise uh she looks older than me <laughs> but i blame that on Ouch. sunshine and children yeah children will do because that for she sure. she used to tan all the time and she's got two kids and i never go in the sun and i don't have kids so yeah. hey i'm you on know, your side of this argument that's how you stay young <laughs> yeah look at me uh i hate the sun and i don't have kids so there we go um so you uh you guys grew up in california right you were born in california Kind of. Uh, oh, I was oh, not born twist. in California. Chelsea was born in California. I was not. I was born in Pennsylvania, actually. Oh, what Something part of Pennsylvania? Don't, don't admit to often. <laughs> Monroeville, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Sure. And my parents lived in the mountains in like uh, at a defunct ski resort. So, what? I mean, like, we lived in a house, not yeah. like, you know, at, in at the, the chalet Lyft center, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I wasn't writing lift chairs, but, uh, we, it was this like old, this little mountain community that had sprung up when this ski resort shut down and that's where they were living when I was born. So that's like the first year and a half of my life was spent on this mountain and then we moved to Southern California. 
<laughs> Big difference. And yeah, <laughs> but like awesome. Yeah. So great. I'm definitely a California girl, even though I was born in Pennsylvania. Have you ever and been back to that town in Pennsylvania? We went once when I was like 10 or 11, I think. All right. Because I remember it like I can see it in my head going there. And I know that's not from when I was a baby. That was from when like yeah. I was a kid. Um, but haven't been back since then. So it's been quite be, a yeah. while. I don't know why you would. And I mean, unless you guys have family no, there. I mean, but, yeah. yeah, I've got pictures. It's cool. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we spent the next eight and a half, nine years in Southern California and then my dad got transferred back to Pittsburgh. And no, Ooh. he's not military. He worked in nuclear power sales, actually. Nuclear power uh, sales? He sold power plants. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, or just, I don't really actually know what he did. He had one of those jobs, one of those dad jobs. But yeah, yeah. he worked in nuclear power and in sales, Uh and then he became like he in life became like quite one of the the top respected nuclear experts he was actually one of five people that got flown over to fukushima after that happened to like help him wow. figure out like what do we do now um he's not like he's an engineer so he's not like a nuclear scientist but he understands like everything about the power plants he knows how they run and how they're made and like everything about them Was he... and anytime anyone would be like scared about i like i don't know if you remember that time but like there were articles every day yeah. about being like it's all gonna get well, yeah. us the after chernobyl coming, and yeah. i'd be like dad and he was like, you know <laughs> that if I thought that your life was in danger or yeah. any of our lives were in danger, I would be telling you. Yeah. This Obviously, is like Lauren, I would take that plutonium toy away from you that I gave you. And <laughs> this, is, this isn't safe. Um, Everything's fine. <laughs> Everybody has three arms. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he 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 had to he moved back and forth a lot and I had to travel a lot when we were growing up. But so we moved back to Pittsburgh when I was 10 and lived there until I was 15. So we were there for 5 years. So you have some good childhood Pennsylvania memories then. Well, I do. I, good time. I, I, yeah. I don't know if they were good or not, I but I do. <laughs> we lived in this beautiful house that shows up in a lot of my dreams. It's weird. <laughs> And um, in a great neighborhood with lots of other families and kids. And so we were like riding our bikes and rollerblading in the neighborhood. And our, our, our backyard backed up to a forest. So we could like go out in the trees and the forest. And I'm... like it was wild. But then we moved to Santa Cruz when I was 15. Oh, hey. And that... Did you get a skateboard? <laughs> I personally did not. <laughs> And I didn't even smoke pot when I lived there. Isn't that crazy? I mean, at 15, I should hope not, Lauren. <laughs> well, I would hope not either. But, like, let's be honest. There are a lot of 15-year-olds that smoke pot. And my sister was smoking pot, like, when she was in middle school. But – and, like, everyone I ever met, like, after – I remember, like, when I – you know, moved away for college and I tell people I was from Santa Cruz and they're like, Oh, you got the good stuff. Then you stone the whole time. And I was like, no, I've never even touched the stuff. Cause I was a really good girl back then. Uh, not that I'm not a good girl now. Yeah. I'm an even better girl now that I do smoke pot. There you go. Thank what you, you very much. I'm gonna, can I rewind a second? Um, yeah. What did, what did your mom do? Uh, while you're, when your dad was working, when you guys were kids, 
she did lots of stuff. I mean, first of all, she's just like the best mom ever. So like that was her her destiny and Shout her out dream to of Ruth. life. I think was just to be um the best mom, yeah. which she is. Uh, yeah, shout out to Mama Ruth. But she also she had her own like craft boutique at one point. Oh, cool. And she was a substitute teacher for a while. She has a, a degree in special education. Okay. But she was a substitute teacher at my school for my class once. And I oh. thought it was going to be the coolest thing ever. And then she like yelled at the students for acting out. I was going to say, was it the worst thing I was, like, thing I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so. That'll do it. Did you and Chelsea get along <laughs> when you were kids? Uh, well, it depends on who you ask. In <laughs> my mind, we did. And she, in her mind, she says I terrorized her. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that's about. I do remember that I love television. I've always loved television. And I remember watching shows as a kid, you know, like Full House or Clarissa Explains It All. I think a lot of it comes from Clarissa Explains It All. Love where the older sibling would always like they wouldn't be so nice to their younger sibling yeah. and i think that i thought oh that's what you're supposed to do yeah and so i would do those things to her thinking like this is my role as the older sister because <laughs> i've always been an actor i've knew from the second i appeared that like i was supposed to be on stage and screen and so i think i took so much from tv of like this is life this is how you do it and so I apparently didn't always treat her so well. Can we go off on a tangent for a second? <laughs> yeah. You you well you hit a you hit a thing that I've I think I've talked about on here before where so I grew up on TV. I loved TV. I like when you like those are my memories. When I remember my childhood, I don't remember like my my home life and stuff which was shitty. I remember like uh toys and television like those are the things i remember yeah uh like i can i know all the words to theme songs from you know growing pains and who's yes. the boss and um and i but justin i went as a television for halloween <laughs> i will find to the picture the, and send the... it to you it Please was like do. a cardboard box i i put a cardboard box over my head and i like cut out the front and i covered it with like um with like contact paper that looked like wood, you know, cause I, I made it look like our big old TV and yeah. I made like knobs out of checkers and, <laughs> yes, and then please, it was my face inside. I was like, <laughs> I will find it. <laughs> I will find a way to attach that picture to this podcast. <laughs> um, please do. But so here's where I struggle with it though is, and it took me, I don't know, being sober and going to therapy and things to like figure out that, I've created, or I did create in the past, like these unrealistic expectations of life. Like if things weren't playing out like they would in like a television show or a movie, they were just these like in-between moments where it was kind of like boring. And so mm. you almost create your own drama in a way. Uh, and then I also, in a, on a positive note, like when I do get those moments, those moments where like music lines up with your life, like you have a soundtrack for a hot second or... Or just like something plays out and you're kind of observing it the same way you would in, in a TV show or a movie. It feels so phenomenal. Like, oh, this, <laughs> this is this like this little snippet of a moment is what I'm always like hoping everything is. And it's been like a gratitude practice to like pay more attention to the in-between stuff that's not <laughs> amazing. But 
Uh, I wonder if mentioning TV the way you did, like if you have some of that same stuff. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And it has been quite a learning process throughout life to to change that perspective. But, you know, what's interesting is TV has changed, too. And TV over the years has started to appreciate those not so shiny moments as well. So I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe with TV, I have taken that journey with it. I never (laughs) thought about that, but wow, that's that's cool. I'll send you on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and uh, while we're on TV, I am uh, actually developing a a TV show right now. Oh, that's awesome. I'm creating a a musical comedy uh, that we... uh, just finished well we're on our second draft of our pilot now so that's exciting that's that's gonna be coming there's i saw i mean obviously crazy ex-girlfriend um was <laughs> like when you say musical comedy that's the first thing that, that comes to mind um it seems to be a genre that people are open to and and like think crazy ex-girlfriend i feel like opened the door a little bit for that um, i think so too i mean well, i think it's been really exciting over the past gosh 20 years, really, I think that that something really happened back in the very early 2000s. 2001 is really sticking out in my mind because that's when Moulin Rouge came out. And isn't that right? Yeah, 2001. It was summer of 2001. Moulin Rouge came out. And it was really the first time we'd had a big hit movie musical in a long time like that was a genre that people were like (laughs) don't even get close to touching that i think people got cop rock in 1990 and they were like you know what we're done with we're done (sighs) with singing yeah they jumped the shark Uh so (laughs) so and then and then a couple years later with the chicago film that was done so well And then, you know, I think that slowly it's kind of made its way back. And I think also American Idol has a lot to do with this because the the singing competition, the singing and dancing competitions coming back into style as well kind of brought this love of performance. Yeah. And I think people are just, I mean, they're so open to it now. It's It's really, really cool and exciting and makes me really happy good well yeah yeah i mean that's a good segue too because i wanted to mention or talk a lot about really your uh music in general like that's always been a running theme as far as i know in your life and and stuff that you've done for your career and uh when did that start what did that look like were you just like singing as a kid or did you like major yeah. in the, did you go to college for music or anything no but gosh now i wish i had <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I basically, I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't sing Yeah. and I don't remember a time in my life when music wasn't always around me. And I really credit my parents a lot for that. They both have a great love of music, a deep love for music. And so music was always playing when, uh, when I was very young, the first couple years of my life, my mom had a car that didn't have a radio. And so, and I'm old enough that there weren't, there weren't tape players or CD players either. Uh, She could have had an eight track maybe, but there wasn't, 
there there was there wasn't anything there was no stereo in the car yeah and so she would sing and we would sing together and so it's just and my mom and I harmonize together all the time. So it's just, she, she really brought a lot of that to me, but my dad as well, my dad always brought in a lot of like my rock and roll influence in my musical taste. It's, it's been, it's always been there, but no, I did not go to school for music. (laughs) I went to school for acting. Okay. And it ties in a little bit. It definitely does. I mean, I've always loved both, all of the above. And and I guess at that point in my life, I had kind of focused myself as an actor more than a musician. I didn't consider myself a, a writer at that time. Even though I had when I was younger, I was writing songs all the time when I was younger. But then around middle school, some kids found my song journal in middle school. I Uh left it on my desk. Oh, why did I do that? And they made fun of me and I thought, oh, I knew I was bad. And so I stopped writing songs. That is a a bummer moment. I know. So that, yeah. I know. And now that I am a songwriter again, it's like, wow, that is so upsetting because I really missed out on like 20 years of songs. Like that was so silly to let those stupid kids tell me who I was. So you held on to that for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Were you, yeah. uh... I mean, I, I only really started writing again, uh, 10 years ago. Jeez. What, a. I'm tying things together that don't make sense, but <laughs> that's all right. Uh, I'm all over the place too. So when, who knows? When did your parents divorce? That was, I actually, after I graduated oh, Okay. when I was, Oh, acting school. That's where we were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I went down to acting school, they had separated the year before when I was a senior and you know, it was it was upsetting and sad, and I remember my sister and I getting very mad at them because they had young parents out there. Don't ever do this for your children. They had promised us that they would never get divorced. Now, we also grew up in the 80s when divorce was starting to become a really big thing, and yeah. all of our friends' parents were divorcing, and we were probably, like, really freaked out at that point. You California kids. My, my, my parents you know, divorced, and no one else was. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like, everybody else's parents were divorced. That's funny. And, and they were like, we promise. And, of course, like, I'm sure they really meant that at yeah. that time. I they were They were still in love at that time. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but, but like, don't promise your kids that. And also don't tell them that on their 16th birthday, you're going to get in a time machine and travel back to the time when they, you were king and queen. She was the princess. Cause that doesn't happen either. I asked my dad on my 16th birthday and I was like, where's the time machine, dude. And he was like, we lost it in the move. Bull, bull hockey. <laughs> Hey, you never know. He was an engineer. Uh, <laughs> I know. That's why I believed him. Anyway, but uh, so they separated in my senior year. My dad like got an apartment, you know, a few miles away. 
And, but he would like still come over and hang out. Like they were still really good friends at that point. And so it didn't really feel that different because he traveled so much for his job. So yeah. like really like he was only there every once in a while anyway. And so he was still there every once in a while. And my friend, my parents were like actually better at that point, I think, because they were like letting go. Yeah. But then I think they just eventually realized like, you know, we probably should just like pull the trigger on this and that was the following year so i wasn't even home for that so i'm kind of lucky because it didn't really yeah like it I'm, wasn't it wasn't like another blow i'm sure you and your sister have very different experiences with that uh yeah <laughs> i mean she was home she had to move to a new house with my mom yeah um but yeah we have very very different experiences with the divorce I feel that, like it didn't affect my life very much, yeah. and I know it definitely affected hers more. Was that, just real quick, was that house she moved to, the one in Santa Monica that she was in? When I, okay. No, no. I the house we, the house, that house was another house in Santa Cruz. Okay. Um, they just moved within town because, you know, Chell was still in high school. So do you so. think, do you think you're, you're, just kind of shifting back to your your college did you do you think you pick act pick acting because you obviously you mentioned tv and you you loved watching this stuff and you related to it um was there also the underlying influence of living in southern california and you're like acting of course no not really i mean yes and no i guess maybe subconsciously <laughs> i had applied to schools um well, I, I think that it was, I think I knew that, I mean, yeah, I, I think that it, I knew that I had to be in LA or New York. Yeah. So I basically had only applied to schools that were in LA and New York. I, there was really nothing else on my radar. And looking back that I feel like that is also a little bit like unfortunate, not, not I, I don't regret anything, yeah. but but I was at a high school that that had no theater department when I got there. I built the theater department myself. Wow. I mean, uh, obviously, along with, with the help of faculty and all yeah. of that. But, like, I got there and I was like, are you kidding me? Can we put on a play? And the It's prince, funny to I think about to any any California high school not having a theater department. Oh, I was, yeah. My high school was, was not not the, the greatest. <laughs> But but that's okay. I mean, like, what a cool experience that I got to build it. And I got to decide, you know, I went and said, can we do a play? And the principal said, yes. What do you want to do? And I said, noise is off. Do you know that play? It's a ridiculous play for, one, a high school with no theater department and, like, literally nothing ready at all. We didn't have a theater like, and it involves, it's a farce. It's a play within a play. Okay. <laughs> it's a farce about putting on a play. You're really shooting <laughs> out of the park on your first. Everything going wrong. And it involves, you have to have, you cannot do this play without a two-story revolving set. <laughs> we built it. What? We built it. <laughs> We had to have, our, we didn't have any stage crew, so we had to have our parents come up at intermission and turn the set around so for funny. us. Um, but, 
but I, I, so either I didn't get, like, I know so many people now that are like, oh, we did all these, like, college prep things, and I knew I should go to Michigan, because that's the best musical theater school, and I was like, what? Michigan? Why would you go there? How dare you? No offense. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... But that was kind of how I felt yeah. at the time. I was like, oh, it doesn't snow there. It's, it's not even it's in one of the acting cities. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I literally only applied to schools in New York and L.A. And uh, and I got I didn't get into Juilliard was the only <laughs> Juilliard. This like 18 year old with no experience was like, I could go to Juilliard. Juilliard was the only New York school I applied to that at that time. And I didn't get in, obviously. Where did you end up and, going? I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts for one year because at the end of my first year, they said, "Mm, you know, we think that everyone has, you know, their life story, like the film of their life story. And we just think that this isn't, this probably isn't part of yours. Wow. Yeah. They basically told me I should quit. Jeez. And I was like, um, you're wrong. Bye. My picture hangs on the wall there now. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. I know. It's okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's not. Right. It's like so not okay. And that is something <laughs> that I've taken into my own uh, teaching is that I I don't have the right to tell anyone what they can or cannot do. Yeah. You guys, she's life. getting out a little red notebook and writing the name of the school in it violently right now. No, uh, Seriously. <laughs> but, but the, uh, and unfortunately, the guy that told me that died before I got to Broadway. I was really mad about that. But. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. Because um, I really wanted to rub it in his face, but it's okay. He knows. It's so, um, it's weird to me just the, just the uh, idea of a school being like, hey, I know you're giving us tuition, but you should probably leave. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's very strange to me. It is crazy to me. But but they did. And so I left. And I went to community college for a couple of years and like auditioned for like, you know, student films at USC and lived my L.A. actor life. And then I decided I was ready to go to New York. And then I applied to a bunch of different schools there. And I ended up going to Circle in the Square, which is a theater conservatory in the basement of a Broadway theater, which Ooh. was really cool. Yeah. And I... Where, how old are you at this point? I was... Oh, excuse me. Uh, it was 2001. And so I was 22... And it was the, I moved to New York three weeks before 9-11 and oh, started dang. school the week after 9-11. I did not know that about you. So that How do we not have that conversation nutty. 16 years ago? <laughs> I know. Because social media wasn't a thing yet. That's so we sure. had just like parted ways. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, that was wild. But also like. I mean, 9-11 wasn't a great experience, but going to that school was. Yeah. So that that was good because I had lost a lot of uh, confidence and faith in myself as an actor when <laughs> when my school told me I probably shouldn't do this with my life. <laughs> Even though I was like, you're wrong. I still was like, hmm. 
are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's so rude. It's just so rude to tell someone that, I think. And I have, I have a lot of students. I, I'm so grateful to be a teacher now, in addition to performing and writing and directing and, and everything. But I have so many students that are like, do you think that I can do this? And I'm like, if you believe you can, then you can. I don't like, know. <laughs> it, and, and I will never tell you that you can't. Because yeah. I've also had students that say that. They're like, I trust you so much. I know you'll tell me if, if I shouldn't be doing this for my life. And I'm like, I, I will that. never tell you that because <laughs> that's, not my, that's not my place yeah. to say. Well, yeah. So, and it's such a, such a subjective business. Like... <laughs> Why would, why would one person ever know if someone, you know, it just, that nope. doesn't even begin to make any sense. <laughs> nope. If you believe that you are meant to be here, then you are. So, so go do it. Your first stint in New York when you're going to school, how long are you out there? And what is that experience like? I lived in New York for three years. School was two years long. And then I spent a year working my ass off to pay my rent and never auditioning or anything. And then uh, decided to move back to California. And that's when we met. It is. What that's were, when we met. What were you doing then when you I, came back? I fell into a career at Whole Foods Market. Uh, the Whole Foods family. Whoops. That, yeah, your I mean, whole like, family. Literally everyone in our family. <laughs> you guys should own fucking this, stock like, in Whole Foods. Year period. Yeah, we did. We did. Oh we had God. a lot of stock in Whole Foods, <laughs> and I am so glad to say I sold all of mine right before the stock market tanked. There you go. Um, I sold you. all of mine in like 2006, and f paid for my move back to new york i have to reiterate with that money it is no exaggeration that literally everyone in your every woman in your family worked at whole foods my, yeah. my ex her mom your mom your sister and you all and didn't Lindsay? did Lindsay work there too oh yeah for sure yeah Lindsay yeah so yeah. so your ex her sister their mom <laughs> me my mom and my sister like yeah. all of us i will say this though any gathering with any of you <laughs> had the best fucking food. And as yep. like a poor kid who was like, I can't afford the cigarettes I stole. It was like, oh my God, <laughs> this cheese cost more than my rent last month. Uh, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Yep. It was pretty incredible. It was, that was a wild period. And like, I love it again, like no regrets whatsoever, but yeah. what a weird thing that I just like fell into a marketing career at Whole Foods. So that was wild. Yeah. And then one day I woke up and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you gotta go be on Broadway. So picked up my shit and I moved back to New York and oh I'm sorry I said a bad word. I don't oh, know if I'm allowed to do that I'm on this podcast. I, sorry I, everybody. I can't imagine I haven't said fuck like four times already. <laughs> That's I don't think I've had a conversation with anyone where that's happened. <laughs> okay, great. Uh. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's when I moved back to New York and I sold everything I owned and I became a waiter and went to auditions every single day. Did you do you have any uh in that time like up into your mid twenties, do you have any credits to like I was an extra in the back of like 
the club in this movie or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Well, my first extra job, I my, the first time I did extra work was with your ex's sister, Lindsay. When we were like 12, we were in a movie that was filmed in Pittsburgh called Bob Roberts. It's a really weird movie and totally not appropriate for 12-year-olds to be watching. <laughs> but I did watch it because I had to watch it. And it stars Tim Robbins. And he's like this like politician who's also a folk singer um and like i won i won the role the role (laughs) off of the radio that's so funny so i literally won a job that they didn't pay me for off of the radio um like now that i know what extra work is and that you should be paid I'm like, wow, they really. Uh, yeah, but now you can go what? sign the Blu-ray and sell it for thousands of dollars. <laughs> totally, totally. But then when I moved to LA, I did some extra work. I was on the show Suddenly Susan. Loved Suddenly with Susan. Brooke Shields. Yeah. I'm in the background of a couple of those episodes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm was, also uh... in the background of a movie that was filmed in Santa Cruz called Glory Days. So wait. Glory Days, like D A Z E. I think so. Like with Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck, isn't it? Yeah. No shit. I fucking you. Hold on. <laughs> I'm looking because it's above my head somewhere. Uh, no. I, I own the movie. Oh yeah. Because oh my god, go to go to the graduation scene and you will 100 percent see me. Yeah, that movie is a punk rock staple. Like if you it, were yes, it if is. you were an actual punk rock kid in the fucking 90s, oh, you was. knew Glory Days. Fuck yeah. As I That's was so living in funny. Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The soundtrack is a classic. The like, soundtrack Chelsea is I amazing. I used to listen to that freaking soundtrack all the time. Yeah. I it's either... so good. Screeching Weasel, Mr. T Experience. The Vandals. Um, the Vandals. Oh, freaking. Um, what is that? That song that I sang. That I, I, there's a. Oh, what's that band called? Ah! <laughs> can't think of it right now yeah, the, but it's a, it's a female singer and i sing that song for auditions that and movie it has, like, booked me roles that movie in the vandals is a chicken and the egg situation for me i always think about the song it's a fact and i don't know if i know that movie because of that song or if i know that song because of that movie because the video wait, wait which song it's a fact by vandals it goes uh oh. <laughs> well, yeah okay yeah. good i didn't want to yeah. sing it <laughs> um but yeah, no, I yeah, that's so funny. I yeah, Berkeley I'm going Pier to Here is the song I'm thinking. Why I'm going to watch that Spotify this weekend playing? and then I'm going to find you and then I'm going to send you a picture. <laughs> I mean, please that's do. So funny. Yeah, that that Yeah, so great. I'm in that. French Stewart um, in that. Um French Stewart, Alyssa Milano, like yeah. the freaking um oh, and uh god, what's his name? Like everybody is in that movie it's yeah. insane the cast and the only person at that time that was was famous was Alyssa milano like yeah. all of those other guys were um, uh, sam rockwell <laughs> yeah, sam yeah yeah rockwell, yeah ben affleck matthew mcconaughey really is matthew mcconaughey i don't in the remember movie? him i don't remember him either but he's showing up on the imdb and I that mean, doesn't make sense it would it would make sense uh given like dazed and confused and maybe like that crew with ben affleck and maybe they just threw him in the back yeah i mean yeah ben affleck was in dazed and confused at that point but like that was it 
And yeah. we were there. We were we were we filmed three different scenes for the movie, but you can really only see us. You can only see me in the graduation scene. So Chelsea and I funny. at the boardwalk. There's a scene that they film on the boardwalk, and they were like, "Okay, who wants to who wants to ride one of the rides?" And Chelsea and I were like, "Oh my god, that would be rad!" And so we volunteered and we got stuck. We they put us on the Ferris wheel and. I don't know how many of you know about making a movie, but things take a really long time. So like, it's, it's like stop and go, but it's mostly stop. And so that's what it was like on that Ferris wheel. We were stopped on the Ferris wheel, like at the top for like hours. And we were like, why did we do this? They're not even going to see us. Well, I'm glad I asked you about extra roles because that's, that's so funny. And I'm, I'm excited to, you know, that's one of those mood movies when I'm feeling angsty, I'll watch. So, <laughs> it's a very <laughs> angsty movie. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's great. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, I love that because it's not often I meet someone that knows that movie. So oh, that's fuck exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, music man, we get the same taste. Yeah, uh, yeah. So then, you're back in New York. You're waiting tables. You're auditioning. What's uh? I mean, what's next for for lauren what's going on in your professional and personal life so i um i was dating a guy and that was cool i met this guy and we like totally fell head over heels in love uh and that was at the same time that i was waiting tables and going to these auditions every day i was going to these theater auditions where if you're in the theater union, Actors Equity, you can walk right in and just sign up for an appointment slot. I was not in Actors Equity at the time. I was non-union. So I had to show up at 5 a.m. and put my name on a list and hope that maybe at some point during the day or at the end of the day, they would have some extra time to see someone that is non-union. Yeah. And that is literally what I was doing with my days. I was doing that during the day and then waiting tables at night. And I would, yeah, I mean, it was like, it was really sad because well, yeah, I would wait around all day and not even get seen sometimes. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking. So that was tricky, but then I went to one and it worked out and that ended up, it was a a three night concert, two week rehearsal process and three night concert of the musical Hair to celebrate its 40th anniversary. Nice. And it was put on by the Public Theater of New York, which is, you know, very respected and does amazing work. And so I really wanted to be involved with them. And so I thought, I'm just going to go to this. I probably won't get it, but I'm just going to go just so they know who I am. Yeah. Because that's half of what auditioning is, is networking and getting people to know who you are. And I got a call back and then I got another call back and then I got another and then I booked the job and I got my first professional role in New York and it was an insane hit those three nights. And so they brought us back the next summer to perform the show, a full run in Central Park. And then on our very, on our closing night, they announced to us that we were going to go to Broadway. And so I got to make my Broadway debut. And then a year later, 
they said we were going to London to the West End and they were taking the whole cast. What? And yeah, and I got to move to London for six months and well, hold on, that's like my dream come true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it like doesn't happen. That does not happen. Like maybe sometimes they'll take like the lead, but Cameron McIntosh, who was the producer in in london he produced uh lame is and phantom and he's yeah. just like a famous famous producer and he was going to produce our show in london and he said no this is this show is special because of the people that are in it wow and i need all of them to come or it won't be the same that's amazing how many people is that it was like 20 something people. Jeez. Like, yeah, it was a pretty big cast. Flew you out there so, and then put you up for six months. Yep. Yeah, that's like, that's the that's the dream gig right there. Yeah, took I care would of say my like, visas and London's and like, my, my dream trip. And then I also want to like be there for an extended period of time. Europe in general, because like people are like, I'm going to Europe for two weeks. I'm like, but then what? You <laughs> have like. <laughs> So, yeah, when you say six months in London, I'm like, yes, yes, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, I will begin training now. What do I need to do? <laughs> that sounds it awesome. It was pretty amazing. It was pretty incredible. So, I mean, what what is it like riding that high at that time? I imagine you're like, just like, oh, things are happening. <laughs> like... Yeah, basically, it's, it is great. I mean, it's still real life. So that's. That's the part that you don't think about. So yeah. I remember when I got to Broadway and everybody was like, oh, my God, your dream came true. Like, is it everything you ever thought it would be? And my answer was no. Still waiting tables, bitch. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, well, luckily, I was not waiting tables anymore But uh, for, for that period of time. But, but it, it's funny because you think that when your dream comes true – everything's going to feel different, right? And look different. And it doesn't. It's still your life. You're still you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. But it is like, oh, like nothing really changed. <laughs> and I'm just like working a lot harder now <laughs> and my body hurts. So <laughs> yeah, that's... I, mean, I, have, I have major, major issues from hair honestly, in my body, arthritis everywhere, three broken bones, oh, like, good. yeah, chronic, <laughs> chronic pain issues. But from... was it worth it? Yes. Uh, see, there 100%. you go. Well, yeah, that's, that's uh, one of the topics that like is covered on a lot of podcasts that I listen to that I really like is because it's a lot of people like in recovery talking to other celebrities and shit. So they talk about how like a lot of people in Hollywood, uh, you know, they think, oh, when I make this amount of money or I book this role, like mm -hmm. then I, I'm going to, I'm going to be happy. And they don't realize that like, nope, you can't like, there's no, there's no material like thing that you can achieve. That's going to fix something that you might be trying to like fix with that. Yeah, thing. exactly. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that pointed out that your life is like, your life's still the same. You're just, you know, you're doing something that you want to do and that's really awesome. But there's, I mean, you still have to take a shit in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, you're still you. You are still you. And, you know, I, I don't know. I personally was okay with that. It wasn't, it wasn't disappointing to me. Like maybe for a minute it was like, oh, 
okay, all right, well, this is how it is. And, you know, I still know that, like, I'm happier doing that than anything else. So, yeah. you know, it's it does enhance my life when I'm able to oh, yeah. do that and do that only. But I don't know. It's funny. That's something that I say to my students all the time is that basically all of my dreams have come true. It's a but bold statement. It's <laughs> nothing like I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is. I mean, I've been on multiple TV shows. I have, I, I, my show won a Tony. I performed at the Tonys. I have an album. I'm on multiple cast recordings. I have won awards for my acting. I, you know, have directed. I'm writing a TV show. I've, like, all of these things. Yeah have happened and they're all of those things that were my dreams but they feel nothing like i thought they would <laughs> but yeah. that's okay because yeah. as long as i keep remembering that your dreams have come true and they continue to come true if yeah. you keep going after them that's that's all i need yeah i mean i think you have to find the ability to have gratitude for that stuff otherwise you're not going to be able to hold on to it very long. yep um, absolutely so finding like finding success in new york uh i mean were you ever pulled into the lifestyle of like out till 4 a.m and like uh <laughs> absolutely was, was that ever a struggle in any way or was that just like having fun and then back to being responsible i think it, it's a balance of having fun and being responsible obviously like when i was younger like i can remember oh god this night when i was still in school and i mean how stupid of me to go out on a school night and get wasted but i did Not i got so. like super <laughs> wasted and i woke up the next morning and had to be at school early in the morning and I rode the subway and I threw up on the subway Ooh. and I was like, I was insanely hungover. I ended up having to leave school. I kept throwing up at school and then I was like, I got to go home. And then I threw up on the subway on my way home too. That was an awful day. I feel like throwing but, up on the subway is one of those things where people's like, now, you know, you're a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a few of those. <laughs> There's a few of those, and I've checked off almost all of them. That's funny. But, <laughs> but, um, but I I wouldn't say that that it's really been too much of a hindrance. And honestly, I really thought those days were over. And then three years ago, Alan Cumming opened a nightclub in the East Village where I became part of the family there. I um, nice. would work and host and perform every Monday night. And the night went until 4 a.m. Yeah. Every week. Every week it went. To, I didn't always stay until 4 a.m., but if I was hosting, I had to stay until, until 4 a.m. Uh, but, but that did kind of become a regular thing in my life. And at this point in life, it was like, okay, well – then Tuesday has to be your day off. Like you can't schedule anything for Tuesday. And if anything is happening on Tuesday, then that means you can't stay at the club all night. Yeah. And you know, that's a bummer. So, but yeah. And then I would hop on the subway and go home at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. And I mean, I, I speak from a, a level of experience, but it's just, it's difficult to stay up regularly 
till four or five in the morning and then like try to have a normal schedule other days. <laughs> like the... <laughs> the only way to do it is to have a full day of rest yeah. afterwards yeah. and then you can reset because I was able to do that. I was able to then reset myself, but I had to have, it was like, I but was your Tuesdays a are shot for the entire time. Gone, yeah. gone, yeah. gone. Yeah. And everybody knew that, like it got to the point when we realized that this was really like a regular thing and something very special. It's a very, very special place and a very special group of people. And I Who hope wouldn't want to hang out with their own comments. Everyone. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, but you know, even more so like everybody else that's there. I love Alan. I love Alan. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the people that are there are, are, like family that's awesome they became my new york family it, it was interesting it was like i would call it my cheers sometimes <laughs> because you would literally walk in there and you knew everybody and they knew you yeah. and yeah it was pretty it is pretty incredible luckily they have survived so far through the pandemic and hopefully we'll all get to get vaccinated and go yeah i want to be in spaces again yeah i want to i want to put a, a little pin in that because i do want to ask you about the last year um but i i am curious uh about your the like your music that you've put out and what that looked like kind of segueing and even though you're doing musical theater stuff um how that segued into like doing albums and, and writing songs again after not doing it for so long like what did that look like for you um, it, you know, hair had a lot to do with it. There are a lot of people that were in the cast that were musicians and songwriters on their own. And so all of a sudden I was surrounded by these creative souls and my closest friends from the cast would come over to my apartment. I got this amazing apartment, like around the corner from the theater um, after I broke up with that guy that I met right before I auditioned, uh, <laughs> you know, I had to close that story out. You're all wondering what happened to the guy. We broke up. It wasn't right. Um, and I moved. I got famous. I had to get rid of him. <laughs> you know, it happens. People grow apart. Yeah. But, um, so, so they would come over to my apartment after our shows and we would all like jam together and it kind of started making me long to for writing i wanted to write something i wanted to create something of my own and it still took me a while after that but while during that time period i was called in to audition for a part on the show boardwalk empire oh, and it was a role that played the ukulele and I did not, I didn't own a ukulele. I didn't play the ukulele. I didn't play any instrument at the time. There's two and they me. said, oh, yeah, there they are. There's, there's one right here with me now. <laughs> Concert at the end guys. Concert at the end. <laughs> oh. Spoiler alert. She plays a ukulele. Uh, so, and the casting notice said, like, you don't have to play the ukulele. But I was like, I have to play the ukulele if I'm going to go in and try and, like, get a, a role on this Martin Scorsese show. Like, yeah. this is the first season. It hadn't even come out yet. So it was just like everybody was a buzz about how this show was coming and it was going to be so cool. And uh, and so I bought this ukulele and I, like, literally taught myself 
with my ear how to play this song that they had sent me. Like I didn't read ukulele music. I didn't know anything about it. I sounded it out on my own and played the song. Uh, I did not get that role. (laughs) And that's okay because I ended up getting a much better role on the show in the third season. But the ukulele was there and every once in a while I'd kind of pick it up and play with it. And then after London, when hair was over and I was like on unemployment, just like trying to figure out what my next move was. I, there was this, I was just having, you know, I'd fallen for, for another, another guy and like, it was complicated and I had all these feelings I needed to express them. And I was like, it's time. And I picked up that ukulele and I just started like moving my fingers around until I heard something I liked. And I wrote this song, like in one sitting, I wrote this whole song. Those are the best ones. And, and I was like, Oh my God, Whoa, how did that happen? I can't believe that. And so then I kept kind of going and then eventually built up the courage to share it with someone and they liked it. And so that gave me courage to do more and, you know, then I wrote a whole bunch of other songs and started playing out and then eventually made an album. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so d- did you find like that to be therapeutic to just just write songs again after like having that little trauma moment as a child and being like, oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had kind of even forgotten about all of that. I think I'd really blocked it out a lot. Yeah. And like there are times um, that I remember, you know, Lindsay, your ex's sister would, uh, Lindsay's coming up so much. I love you, Lindsay. <laughs> you just say Lindsay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I feel like I have to remind you who she is. That's silly. It's been so long. It's so funny. Yeah. But I remember she would she would be like, oh, my gosh, La, I just came across this song that you sent me when we were seven. I found it in a box, you know, like I'd written it out on, on a paper. And I was like, yeah. what? I sent you a song when we were seven? And then the memories, like, started flooding back. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I did write songs back then. And, like, so it was kind of weird because I didn't – I had forgotten about it yeah it's funny the uh, i'm wondering just i guess on the theme of perseverance because you you talked about that and and obviously it had whether it's like unconscious or not it had some sort of effect on you because you stopped writing songs uh, mm-hmm. and then you go to acting school and you get told you're not gonna act <laughs> so you have you have these these moments in your life where people are like don't be creative. Don't like, don't pursue this. You're not good at it. Where does that determination come from? Like where were you just, I guess, uh, where, where does that, that confidence, like, does that come from your parents? Does that come from like, I mean, where, where does that come from? Cause not everybody has I mean, that, I you think... know, like you get shut down that many times or, or even once for a lot of people, like you're like, okay, then never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that definitely my parents have instilled that in me of like, you can do or be anything you want, and we support you and we believe in you. And, uh, you know, I was always performing as a kid, and everyone would be like, you're amazing. And so I think I just really, really internalized that and was like, yeah, I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, even (laughs) talk about one more. When I was in second grade, there was, I remember during music class, the music teacher came around and listened to each of us sing one day and was forming like the, the special, special choir. And he didn't pick me. And I went home that night to my mom and I was like, I didn't get picked for the special choir. How can that be? Like, I'm the best singer in the world. (laughs) And she, and she told me, she said, well, maybe you should go back in there and ask him if you can sing for him again and tell him you really want to be a part of it. I said, okay. And I did. And I got in the special choir. The teacher was like, uh, sure. Yeah. I don't know how to, (laughs) I don't know how to react to this. This child is more assertive than my, my previous relationship. (laughs) So, you know, and even like my very first, (laughs) I guess you could kind of call that my first audition, but my first real audition was in Pittsburgh when I was 10, the high school was putting on a production of the King and I and needed children. Now, nowadays, I hope this would never happen because we were all white. Uh, and those children are from Thailand. So, uh, but, but I went to this audition. I got my, got my mom to take me and we got there and it was, there were hundreds of kids trying to audition for this this production because this high school unlike my high school in santa cruz had like (laughs) the best theater department okay i was wondering i was like why are hundreds of people lining up at this high school (laughs) like they won awards for their shows it was insane how amazing their shows were but uh as we get there and my mom didn't want me to be sad and she was like honey there's so many kids here i think we should just go home and like my sister wasn't feeling well and i was like you can go home. I'm staying because I'm going to be in this. And I got in. Nice. So, like, there were these early, early wins that I yeah. think that I got. Almost that, like cockiness. Really... <laughs> well, you kind of have to be. Yeah, no. That, I mean, you I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It worked this, out. <laughs> in this business. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I did. I really believed in myself. And at the time, the outside world seemed to be validating that. And that happened all throughout high school. And, you know, I don't know. I definitely I definitely beat to my own drum. And I'm very grateful that I don't have very much um, insecurity or not that I don't have insecurity. It's definitely there. But I, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about what other people think about me. That's good. And I'm grateful for that because <laughs> I know that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. Um, so kind of fast forwarding now, transitioning to your current career. I mean, what, where are you now? What side of the country are you on right now? I'm at my mom's house okay. in California. And what the last <laughs> year looked like for you? And in- Well, I came out here 363 days ago. Oh. <laughs> Almost exactly. We're coming up on the anniversary here. So uh, I left New York on March 26th last year because I was having anxiety attacks. Uh, I'm just like, I don't know, an airborne virus shutting down the world is probably one of my biggest fears. Fair enough. So you're probably uh, in line with a lot of people there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but mine was like it was like kind of something I thought about like before, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 
it's i i have a lot of anxieties and um so this went down and it was just like shoot like this is this is my my worst fear coming true and i don't know if i can handle it i was living in an apartment by myself at the time and it was it was just bad and so my mom was like i really think you should come out here and of course that was like terrifying cuz i thought well if i get on a plane i'm probably going to get it and then i'm going to give it to you and you're going to die and yeah. you know so it was very stressful at first but but i realized that, that was really what i had to do and so i packed a carry on suitcase and i put my cat in his carrier and we came out to california and yeah i thought i was coming out here for like a month <laughs> <laughs> and here we are a year later and i am giving finally giving up my apartment in new york um what was what was going on with your apartment in the last year i had subletters for like most of the time but then i haven't been able to find someone for the last few months and you know i know that i will end up going back but i've been wanting to try to get to this more bicoastal kind of life yeah and i think right now the right thing to do is to give it up to free that space in in my in my universe and have it open for something bigger and better do you think being on the west coast right now um not that there's like a whole bunch going on in that industry but uh like is that going to be more inspiring to focus more on like a film and television type deal? Uh, I mean, you said you're developing a TV show, so I feel like maybe you've already started to <laughs> kind of get into that. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, honestly, the TV show has been in development. We we came up with the idea for this about a year ago, a little over a year ago, before the pandemic started. Yeah. So it's my one of my co-collaborators in New York excuse me, uh, uh, three of my co-collaborators now. We've built like this whole team in New York that uh, that I've been working on it with. And it will very likely be filmed in New York because it's very much a New York story. But, uh, but I have always wanted to dive more into film and TV. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I'm saying goodbye to theater either. Like I'm ready to jump yeah. back and go work on you know a musical at any any moment yeah and i imagine there's a whole population of people with that same sentiment because that's yeah oh yeah we're we miss our theater i miss i just miss going to like yeah like concerts and stuff i wonder if all the venues that i used to go to are still gonna even be there um it's crazy because it's just literally yeah. just empty buildings for the last year um yeah it's really crazy it's nuts uh so a couple, couple generic podcast questions. I don't know how generic they are. Um, but thinking about like your childhood, what's one thing that happened that's kind of shaped who you are as a person? Could be good I mean, the first, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is just the amount of music that was played when I was a kid, the, the, the folk music, the classical music that were played all the time. All of my childhood memories have this soundtrack that go along with them. And okay. I know that that has deeply, deeply influenced my life with how I, it, it shaped my musical brain and has influenced me as an artist and a writer and musician and singer and all of the above. I think, I think that would be it. 
Um, I stole this question, but I love it, so I ask it to a bunch of people. <laughs> what uh, if you could apologize to anybody, alive or dead? Who would it be, and why? Alive or dead? Does it have to be someone I actually know? Well, I don't know who you're. Are you apologizing to a stranger? <laughs> Is there I a just, story? Uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of. To so the I, lady I on the subway I, when I vomit. I'm trying to think, like, who would I apologize to in my life? Is there anyone I know in my life that I feel that I would have to apologize to? I don't. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Like, I feel like... <laughs> And I'm not saying this to be like the cool woke <laughs> white woman, but like the, when you ask that question, literally the first thing that came to my mind was the Native Americans and the slaves, and like I would like to apologize to them Just for like stealing on, their land yeah, on and behalf for kidnapping of white people. <laughs> well, those were my ancestors. Like I am. <laughs> I am very much related to slave owners and plantation owners and all of that. And, and that does weigh on me in this life. I do feel it. I, I mean, not only because of the events that have transpired, you know, in the last year, the last five years, the last 10 years, but just, I mean, I, I'm very grateful to say that my entire life I've had a rainbow of people around me and so to know that those people have that have not had the same experiences that I had that their ancestors had horrific experiences that that hurts my heart yeah I think that's a, that's a great answer thanks yeah um, and on that note <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody now, uh <laughs> No, uh, but so you're you're uh, developing a TV show. You're probably going back to New York eventually. Um, maybe, maybe doing both. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and then where can uh, where can people find all your stuff that you have out there? Find me like everywhere that you find stuff <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, it's Lauren underscore elder. You can also follow Lucy Young. She's got this. That's my TV show character. We're we're building a little a little social media for her. So nice. eventually you're going to start seeing stuff for the TV show there. But like right now, we're just like making her a real life person. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to like help our character development by doing that. Being like, what would this person post on social media? Like. It's it's interesting way to go about things, but uh, yeah, you can find me there. I don't ever use my Twitter, but it's Lala Bird Lauren. So <laughs> are if you, you want to uh, follow me, that'd be cool. Are your albums on iTunes? Your my albums on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and Bandcamp and I don't know all that stuff. All, all those other music yeah. places, yeah. all the places that music is, and I have a YouTube and. Yeah, I mean, whatever the kids find me on, need. Find me on Instagram. Yeah. I spend most of my time there. <laughs> I started a TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing there. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, at the beginning of all this, I started a TikTok like everyone else in the fucking world. Um, and then, like, 
it got bad. I was just because you can sit there for so long because it never yeah. ends. So you just go to the next it one. It never and ends. It's ten seconds. It's thirty seconds, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, an hour went by. Where the fuck did an hour go by? Yeah. Uh, and I like I've severely reevaluated my relationship with social media since the yeah. since the new year, and I like I feel so much better with that. But I do. Don't get me wrong. I miss a lot of my tiktok things that i followed and i've learned how to cook a really good chicken dish through there and like there's good things that can happen there are some really useful things there but the algorithm is built for addicts like me so it's not the best yeah um but yeah i go follow lauren she's fantastic and she's amazing and i'm so i'm so happy that that i got to do this with you because me too what a nice time yeah and i was curious to just see i don't know i guess uh, selfishly like kind of your reaction to me in a way just you knew me probably you seem like exactly the same which is funny like i hope that's okay oh no like it's fine like oh my god really i've changed like completely i mean you look the same you sound the same you're still like nice sweet justin oh yeah and i think i'm just becoming the person I portrayed myself as when I was younger. That's cool. That's cool. I was definitely a couple different people in my twenties. Hey, fake it till you are it, right? Yeah, it's really, it's really funny. But I love it. I love you. Thank you for doing this. Uh, oh, thank I you. Hope to see more of you soon, and good luck with the TV show. I will, I will start following that Instagram account so I can see fictional characters before they exist <laughs> see love, what happens love that idea all right i did, little, is, did little i miss any, did i miss anything are you good i'm i'm good i'm good well thanks lauren I'm good <laughs> i'm gonna go to bed because i get up at 6 a.m you should it's it's <laughs> it's nighttime there yeah i'm gonna go have dinner i'm gonna go eat ice cream all right <laughs> Ooh, i'm jealous bye lauren bye cat bye justin <laughs> good to see you good to see you too tell your family i said hi I will. Bye. Bye. All right. You just listened to my interview with Lauren. You know, it it, it drove me a little nuts uh, at the end when she said that I was was the same. I just like, I don't know if that's a triggering thing for me. I just feel like a different person. You know, I've changed a lot. Uh, I've gotten sober. I've there's just there's a lot of things that are different about me but when she mentioned that and just like same old nice justin there is this person that i was that i i kind of i guess who i would like to be and there was like a darker side of me that i did not share with people um so i guess i'm happy that i am that person in and out now and not just an outside does that make sense? It's not just my external projection, but it's who I am through and through. And I feel that I feel that to my core. So uh, I, I appreciate Lauren taking the time. And like she said, give her a follow and check out her. Hopefully one day we'll get to see her TV show. I know like that's a rough business to do. And what do they film? Like 90% of pilots that get shot don't get aired. Sad, sad stuff like that. But we're not going to put that out in the world. We're going to say, looking forward to it. Uh, and this was also funny because, you know, this is my ex-girlfriend's family. Um, and I didn't know exactly how to approach that, but uh, but I still, you know, I'm friends with them on social media. And they're just really good people. And I have nothing but uh, positive memories from that 
time period with them. And so I'm glad that we were able to connect. And maybe in the future, you guys will hear from some other elder like Chelsea or heck, maybe even Aunt Ruth. What a nice family. They hosted my poor ass for so many holidays in California. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend, share, subscribe, hit the reviews on Apple iTunes. You know, we're, uh, we're wrapping up our second season. And for whatever reason, in that interim, that's when we, we get new subscribers. But that kind of depends on you guys. You got to help people find us and let, let a friend know and let me know. And high five me when you see me. I can't wait to see people. Oh my goodness. Soon we will all be vaccinated and hanging out and cuddling. Is that PC? All right. I'll talk to you guys later. I love you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.